0: Well, my friend Carl Savino has graciously decided to join me on an interview, and we're going to talk about CorporateGrade.com. Carl is the owner and president of this outstanding organization that exists solely to provide information to our military veterans. And the services and products that are provided are constantly expanding, as is the enthusiasm of Mr. Carl Savino. I'm going to invite him on stage. Nobody gives a better introduction in this world than I do. I'm convinced of that and so is Carl. I have just invited him on screen. Let's see if we can rock and roll. I see accepted and connecting. This is a good thing. And we're gonna bring Carl in here live and he's gonna have something special for us that he's prepared. And hopefully we can make this happen. I mean, this is what we do. We like interviewing people that are very helpful in the community, all types of communities. And we come together and we present high value content. So he's accepted and connecting. And that's the information that I'm getting. So I will stand by to stand by, and we will welcome Mr. Carl Savino with CorporateGray.com. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining our event. We have 37 people in attendance. This is a good thing. Kind of a sizable amount, I might say. Let's see if Carl can beam in. I cannot hear you, Carl. You're still not in the event. I can normally see you on the side. Did you save my spot? You've accepted and you've connected. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to keep the broadcast open. Carl, go ahead and call me. Let's see. We may not get an echo. I'm going to go ahead and call you. Go ahead, Carl, rock and roll, talk to me now. Yeah, we'll do, but, go ahead. Yeah, but I I'm trying to access this, but you can't hear me. No, and you're not in the event. You're you are available, to, yes, you're available to attend the event, but that doesn't matter, Carl. Let's go ahead and, and have a really nice presentation. I know you were going to talk about job fairs today. Go ahead, please.
1: Oh, good afternoon everyone. This is Carl Savino with Corporate Gray, and hopefully you're not hearing the echo that I am, but regardless, Corporate Gray has been providing career transition services to U.S. service members for 30 years. Our services include the ability to connect military veterans with employers. We do it three ways: in print through our book, *The Military to Civilian Transition Guide*. And I will provide Jack with an ebook link so that you can download our book for free. Secondly, we host the corporate-grade job fairs for the military community. You can get information our upcoming events at www.corporategray.com forward slash job fair. Our events are for all transitioning service members and veterans regardless of rank or branch of service and they're free to participate in. And
0: Carl... I just want to add in briefly, uh, family members are also eligible to attend your events as our Guard and Reserve members. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All. Another way of saying this is that all job seekers are welcome and encouraged to participate in our event, which are especially for those who served in the military as well as military
0: spouses. Please continue. I am hearing the echo as well. Uh, It may be better if you disconnect from Crowdcast, Carl. Just go ahead and disconnect from Crowdcast right now, and we'll continue. I do hear a bit of an echo, but we can still hear you very clearly. Okay, I am disconnected. How about now? I think that's better, right, Jack? Now we're better. Now we're loud and proud, sir. Please continue. I'm enjoying this information, Carl. Okay, folks, my apologies for
1: the uh, technical. But again, I just want to reiterate that Corporate Gray is in the business of helping connect those who serve with employers, and we connect them in print, in person, and online. So I'd like to move forward, and I want to primarily focus on job fairs, and more specifically virtual job fairs. We've been hosting job fairs since our first event at Fort Bragg in 1997. Obviously, because of the pandemic, we've had to pivot from doing in-person events to doing virtual events. But regardless, the purpose of the job fair, be it virtual or in person, is the same. And that's to give companies an opportunity to interview you. I like to say it's a first cut. Very rarely is it a final hiring decision. So again, the purpose of that job fair is for you to favorably impress a prospective employer about the skills and experience you bring to the table and how you are a potential fit with their opening. Regardless of whether or not it's a virtual or in-person job here, I would submit to you the upfront homework is key. In other words, you need to maximize your research into the participating companies, as well as search and apply for positions in advance, as well as network with fellow veterans who are already working for those companies. I'm going to talk to that here briefly about how Corporate Gray facilitates that. Unlike the in-person event, your interaction are going to be virtual. Typically, those interactions between you, the job seeker, and the employer are done via text chat with an option to go video. So again, I would submit to you that you want to address this virtual event as if it were an in-person event. By that, I say dress the part. Make sure that you're in a business suit, even though it's a virtual event. As I just said, the recruiters have the option to go from the text chat to a video. A video chat, you want to make sure you're dressed advocate of following up with the companies after the event is over. Um, it's always a positive thing to send them a thank you note and to ask about next steps. Let's go back to before the virtual job fair begins. And one of the things I recommend is to research the company. So on our site, on Perfect Gray, if you are on the home page and you click on View Attending Employers, you're going to see a list of the upcoming February 18th. Event. So again, go to corporategray.com, the left of the soldier, click the link, view attending employers, and you will see the list of 30 companies and government agencies that will be participating in the event. If you click on the company name or the government agency name, it's going to open up their profile page. You can drill down and get additional information about that employer. The second column on that page lists the number of job openings at that we if you click on the number of job openings, you're going to see it's going to run a job search for you. You have to enter at least one keyword. probably should enter whatever state or state you're interested in. And, again, identify different opportunities that that company is offering. And to the extent practical, apply for the position. Why do I recommend this? Because once the event begins, I think there's more, much more value in talking about your applications that you've done at their company as opposed to asking them about what they do. So again, take advantage of the opportunity to search and apply for positions in advance, do your homework, research the company. The third column on that page is a LinkedIn button. Now as we all know, networking is king. When you click on that LinkedIn button, it's gonna run a people search for you on LinkedIn so that you can see who your first, second, third level connections are. If I were you, I would be concentrating on my first and second level connections. Let them know that you'll soon that you'll be interviewing with that company this coming Friday, for example, and try to figure it out from them as much information as possible about the corporate culture, about different opportunities that might be listed or not. So again, your goal in this in this regard is to identify opportunities of interest that align well with your skills and experience, so that you maximize your participation. In the virtual job fair Um, and and this is true regardless of whether or not you're in a corporate grave event or any other company's virtual job fair. ultimately what you're trying to do is find best fit so again take advantage of the opportunities that we and others afford you to research the companies search and apply for positions in advance and use your networking contacts to gain additional insight information into those participating companies other things that i think are of interest Um, The other suggestions, if I may, is I would, if I were in your shoes, I would prepare answers to the commonly asked questions by recruiters. Say again, I think it's your advantage to open up a Microsoft Word document or a notepad document and type up questions like, tell me about yourself. Why are you interested in our company? What do you know about the products and services that we offer? By typing up answers to those types of questions, will be much better prepared to quickly copy and paste into the text chat block as opposed to trying to type that up during the event. So again, think about commonly asked interview questions and prepare your answers to those questions in advance of the event. If you're asked about salary in this dialogue, if I were your shoes, I would defer questions about salary until later in the process. Ultimately, though, what the company recruiter is trying to find out is you have the skills Sometimes I'm asked, well, how far out should I participate or what's what's the timeline in that regard? Let me share with you that most companies will not extend an employment offer until you're within a 60 to 90 day window. However, you should not take that as you should wait until you're within two to three months to participate in the event. I would recommend if you're within a year of your availability date, you should be participating in the job. Why? Because you want to garner as much information about the company it's opening, and think about what you can do to better position yourself for success once you are within that 60 to 90 day window. In addition to typing up answers to questions that you anticipate recruiters might ask, remember that a job fair, be it virtual or in person, is a dialogue. In other words, you want to talk about half the time, you want them to talk about half the time. So I recommend that you prepare questions The question might be, who would I report to? And not so much their name, but their position. How would my performance be evaluated? What's a career path look like for someone with my skills and experience? So again, in addition to typing up, typing up answers that commonly asked questions, think about what questions you wanna pose, what research-based questions you wanna to pose to those prospective employers. Okay, there's the job here. So here are some tactics for your consideration. Typically, when you first come into the event, you're in what we call the lobby. In the lobby of that event, you can visit various booths, various company booths, to garner additional information. Sometimes, as with our site, you can get the names of recruiters who will be recruiting at that event. Then what you do, you should take, their company, you should take that recruiter's name, plug it into LinkedIn to see what information you can glean from LinkedIn about that recruiter. What you're what you're doing here is to try to get as much information about that recruiter. So when it's your time to be interviewed by him or her, you can, for example, say Ah, I see that you're from New York. I'm from New York. What a coincidence! You know, I was a Yankee. Fan. Kind of an icebreaker type approach, at least initially, can be helpful. You want to come across as being knowledgeable, being friendly, being a team player during the interaction. With that company recruiters as i said you want to ask them questions you'll be prepared to ask questions but again i stress the importance of searching and applying for positions before the event begins, so that the time you spend interacting with that recruiter is going to be time spent on why you think you're a good fit for positions that you've already applied for After, well during the event also make sure you have pen and paper so you can jot down questions you might want to ask that recruiter your LinkedIn contact afterwards. After the job fair is over, the virtual or in person job fair, I always recommend you send a thank you note to the recruiters working for those companies in which you're most interested. In terms of that follow up email, I suggest three paragraphs. Paragraph one, remind them where you met them. For example, I met you on February 18th at the Corporate Gray virtual military friendly job fair. Paragraph two, talk about a particular opening that they have, and on the left column, if you will, identify the three requirements for that position. On the right column, explain how your skills and experience, your military skills, experience, your civilian skills, i.e. you can be searching, applying for positions in advance, uh, you can be searching and applying for positions at any time. You do not have to wait until a job here in order to do that. If you do create a corporate grantline account, we will send you our monthly newsletter, which is chock full of good information. Um, it's done by a colleague of mine, Karen Durkee, a military spouse, and she does a phenomenal job. Um, again, that's the monthly newsletter. we send sent to all of our corporate grantline subscribers Includes an advice article, information about our upcoming job fairs, lists various hot jobs, and also offers information about our transition assistance department. So, in summary, you know, I thank you for listening to this talk. Um, again, our goal is to help you, the job seeker, connect with employers regardless of where you're located. So, in closing, be positive, be proactive, give it your best shot. All the best.
0: Jack? Carl, I just wanted to highlight a few things that you said or, or bounce some things off of you. Uh, first of all, the, the initial contact with companies and organizations, being that you have the website and it's 24-7-365, the initial contact actually occurs on the website, if I'm not mistaken, not necessarily at the job fair itself. Is that correct? Well, Chris, right? well, I mean, we're encouraging the, the job seeker to reach out to these companies in advance. Yes. So by easily
1: searching and applying for their positions in advance, you're
0: contacting them. But Correct. The other thing I, I want to highlight is this, Jack, is that the job seekers can view, they can visit the virtual booths in advance. So we're using a platform called Career Fair. When a job
1: seeker registers for a job fair on our, our platform, such as the one on February 18th, we're providing them with a link so that they can go over and visit the company's booth in advance of the event. And when they do that they're going to see again the names of the recruiters who will be interviewing people that day in that virtual booth of course the event itself doesn't kick off until 11 a.m eastern time but my point is simply you will have the names of the recruiters you can go visit their linkedin prof profiles and you should but again jack i also stress the importance of reaching out to people especially other veterans who are already working for those companies because in my book those are people who especially helpful to give you information about the company that you may not find if you just visit their website.
0: So, again, that's my response. Uh, Carl, just to let you know, I just uh, I'm, I'm talking to a man by the name of Ahmed right now. He just joined our chat on Crowdcast, which is a good thing. You're on the phone once again. Uh, I want to stress the importance of adaptability or flexibility, as you and I demonstrated at the beginning of this interview. We were planning on going Crowdcast, but instead we did Crowdcast and the phone. It's workable. It's flexible. It's something we can work out. The show must go on. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to say is right now we actually have another person who just signed up for the event. So if Ahmed has any questions for Carl, I would like him to ask in the chat on Crowdcast. Ahmed is not a military man from the United States, but he does have military friends from his country. So this is a unique dynamic right here. We have a military veteran not from the United States. Yes, yeah,
1: so that is an interesting uh, situation. Certainly, Ahmed is welcome to participate in our event, but please note that some of the opportunities, some many of the opportunities, do require U.S. citizenship, and sometimes Security clearance yes however not every position every company requires a clearance so perhaps Ahmed has for example language fluency in a field that a certain government agency so we work with some large government agencies as well so I don't want anyone anyone to be discouraged by
0: Yes. Well, what I also mention to people is the most valuable thing to me right now about Ahmed is his name, because that's a contact, Carl. And I don't know anything about Ahmed. I only know that he is attending a corporate event right now. And I'm doing cartwheels because he's external and he's not leaving and he's writing down the information and he's sharing it with his friends. And many times, Carl, even though I meet a person in a third country, non-US, they have friends and relatives in the US. So essentially, instead of meeting them directly in the US, I'm meeting them in a non-US environment and they're referring their USA contacts to whoever I need them to refer to. A very valuable dynamic to me. Yes, Jack, as you know, during
1: the last 20 years, um, certain defense contractors Had to put on training exercises with, for example, uh, Afghans or Iraqis here in the United States, so that they could familiarize, they the soldiers could familiarize how best to interact with people once they are in their country. So again, there are lots of opportunities out there. You just need to be open to serendipity and look for those types of opportunities that aren't necessarily your bread and butter opportunities. So again wide mix of companies operating here in
0: the United States, and they've got needs for all types of people with different skills. We're going to go for 30, Carl, because I'm having a blast over here. I'm really enjoying this. One thing I wanted to mention to you, great presentation. I agreed with all of the points, all of the content. The one thing I want to highlight on to everyone is what if we don't know the answer to a question and where I'm going to jump in on, If we do not know the answer to a question, let's explain our thought process on how we would obtain that information. Because if we're external to an organization, we may not always have knowledge of internal processes, but companies may ask a question. My best response has always been, I may not have the information or no way to get it, but I can explain how I would get it once I'm hired, and I can explain my thought process on how I would get it versus just saying, I don't know the answer to that question, sir. Can we move on? Now I'm knocked off my stool. My rhythm is off. And I just can clearly articulate how I would obtain that information or that process by explaining my thought process. It's better than giving a no answer. Yeah. And it's also better than giving uh, an innocuous answer. that doesn't make any sense. So if
1: that, so one another way to look at that is that you may say, You know uh, I don't have an immediate answer for that, but if you give me an opportunity, if you give me twenty-four hours to think through and research your question, I will provide you with a much better response tomorrow." Would that work for you? And, then, and most people are going to say yes to that. So again, don't don't try to bluff. If you don't know the answer, let them know be upfront. Be honest. Be transparent answer for that but give me an opportunity to research this
0: question to and, and i'll get back to you i'm so even yeah. better than that carl i'm even better than that what i've actually done during interviews and the interviewer will even laugh uh for example i was asked a question about how many windows are in the city of los angeles that was a question i was asked on an actual interview well, I explained the process that I would use. I would say, well, we have a number of houses, the number of cars, multiply times four times four times four I use a calculator. And then I said, I can also ask an individual within the organization once I'm hired for the position. So I actually used the negative to, for a positive because I informed the interviewer that I would obtain that information once I was hired with them. They, they thought that was such a cool answer. They said, wow, you, you weaseled your way right in, Jack, on a question that no one has ever answered. No one has never, ever, even attempted to answer this question, and no one has ever answered it like you. I clearly state: once I'm hired for the position, I would be able to obtain that uh, information within your organization from a member of your team. Wow, what a nice answer! Absolutely, what a great answer! You know, I'm showing interest in the teamwork. I'm clearly articulating that I want to be hired by that organization. I want to be a team player, and it just puts all the pieces together. I also wanted to stress to people that while an interview is work, a job interview is work, not only for the persons that are putting it together, but for the attendees as well. Make sure we're working at the job fair. When I'm talking, that person should be writing. When that person is talking, I should be writing. It shows sincerity and good faith on both parts. And many times just by writing and showing an interest, we can obtain that position. I've seen that happen just by being interested and engaging and taking the time to share contact information and actually be doing something, taking notes, writing things down. So that's helpful.
1: Great. I agree. You know, I want people to understand that for the most part, the questions that they're going to be asked are going to be questions based on their resume, based on the information to in their resume. So if you've got a resume, well, you're going to have a resume you're going to present to that prospective employer. It's so important have done that resume yourself so that you're able to intelligently talk and expand on what you claim you did at some particular point in time right for some assignments it's important that you be able to identify what you did and typically they like to see if you think of it in terms of enumerating that in terms of bullets so here are three things that I did that made a difference on what's in your resume, and as I said, be able to expand, expound on that resume, be be able to answer
0: questions based on that resume, because that's all they know about you at that point. Correct.
1: Sometimes companies looking for ways to eliminate you from being seriously considered. So again, make sure everything you have on that social media profile page
0: is appropriate, smart, and is spot on. I have a lot of social media content that is extremely unprofessional or shows work in progress. That may be looked at as a negative from a hiring manager, but I shoot right back and say, "I don't want you to look at it as being negative." I want you to look at it as clearly demonstrating that I am showing improvement in what I do. That's why that beginning stuff is out there, because I want to show a continuum of learning. And then that hiring manager will come back on me and say, Jack, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, you have a lot of oopses and odds, but you also have a lot of good stuff. And that interview with Carl Sabino is outstanding. Exactly. Demonstrating content improvement and growth, learning from mistakes. And I would do that with your organization as well. Jack,
1: another idea that, that triggered for me was the importance of having some type of, call it portfolio. So a portfolio of your work. So if you are able to upload to the web you know, a portfolio of things that you've done professionally that align with whatever that job is, I think the better off you're going to be. So my son is, is a budding artist. Earning 30th degree in, in, in graphic design here locally in Northern Virginia, and I think just like an artist or just like a graphic design person is developing a portfolio of their work, you can take that same concept, regardless of what your area of expertise is in, and upload that to a website. Jack, I think there are various sites out there that enable someone to very inexpensive Expensively upload information about themselves. So perhaps that's something that you could share with your your readership here. Uh, Information about how best to upload information and create their own their own profile, their own, uh, as I said, portfolio of work, so that prospective employers
0: can evaluate and look at what they've done with a view towards how they might do something to benefit them. What I'm going to add right now, Carl, is I'm going to say something extremely stupid, but it works for me. And I found it to be very helpful for others. I have a profile right now, and I'm going to put the link in our chat. It's called 5billionsales.com, and I have my profile there. The reason I have my profile there is because it allows me to add as many links as I want. I don't endorse or de-endorse the, the, the site. But I like working with people, and I like going to sites that allow me to add my sites. So let's leave it at that. So, am I passionate about the platform? No, but I am passionate about sharing the information that I have on it because it allows me to share all of my information. That's the good thing about it. And that,
1: your that perspective, is where an opportunity to evaluate to your work. And to align it with their needs. So I like to say, if you're a military veteran, if you're transitioning a transitioning service member, um, you are now the assignment officer. It's not that recruiter who's going to work. That's not the recruiter's job is to figure out how your skills and experience are going to fit into their company. It's now your responsibility to help that recruiter understand how your skills and experience fit with a particular opening within their company. So, again, the dynamic is different as opposed to when you were serving in the military. You're now in charge, you're the assignment officer, you're the detailer. It's up to you to help that prospective employer
0: understand why you believe you're a good fit, how you're gonna add value to the organization. Now Carl, let's stop right there for a minute. Uh, I, I like I said I continue I continue to reinforce everything you said because I agree with it, Got in the I's crossing the T's very relevant information and important information, not only for military veterans, but for anybody going to a job fair, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. All very important information. But I have one key question for you that might help people. When will job fair sponsors, and you may or may not already be doing this, have people at the job fair that are familiar with the military jargon or familiar with what the military does and they can make decisions right there. Why is the process so painful for so many people? And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Carl, but what I'm saying is, okay, I'm a retired hospital corpsman, for example. So I know kind of what hospital corpsmen do. Why doesn't a guy like me go to a job fair and if I'm recruiting hospital corpsmen or army medics, it doesn't matter which branch, I have a a medical background and I'm the one doing the recruiting. It seems like many recruiters don't have a nuts and bolts knowledge of the MOS or uh, a skill that they're looking for, and that just makes it a little bit more difficult for the person applying for the position. Am I right? Jack, yeah, you're right, but let's understand that some of these companies are, are multi-billion dollar firm, and their needs span the
1: gamut. So if it's a small company, yeah, you would think that, and I've often seen, Come and bring someone in who can talk to, who understands the nature of that of that position. So let's take it out of military jargon per se. In, in a perfect world, it would be nice if the person, I.e. the recruiter with whom you're interacting, had a similar background. But as I said, if you're lucky, Martin, you're Bruce Allen, you're Northrop Grumman, you have many, many, many different openings that you're trying to fill. So it's almost Possible for that recruiter to where so many hats that he or she is going to be able to talk intelligently about each. In a perfect world, I don't disagree with you one iota. It's far better if you're looking for a position in a particular field. It's much better for you if the person who is interviewing you has experience in that field. But again, it's going to vary uh, based on the size of the company and location.
0: And it kind of gets okay. back to flexibility, because even if I am an expert in what I do, you're an expert in what you do. The candidate is an expert in what they do. It's still the candidate's responsibility to convey their expert level to the expert, even if that is, in fact, the case. So I I, I agree with you there I, I, as I'm thinking it out loud. Just because I have background knowledge and that skill set doesn't mean that Uh, I'm going to be preferential to anyone. So, okay, I'm an expert, you're an expert, the candidate's an expert. It's still incumbent upon that candidate to demonstrate to the interviewer, to that hiring manager or recruiting representative that they're an expert and convey it to the expert if need be. All right. Wow. Absolutely. And I think the
1: better one communicates uh, his or her skill set, their knowledge, their experience, the better off they're going to be, and the higher the probability is that they're going to land that job. So again, I would also come back to the importance of practice, right? Practice with your spouse, your significant other, on how you're going to present whatever you're going to present that job interview.
0: Practice, practice, practice. Yes, sir. Practice, yes, sir. And, and it's not only important. It's not only important to practice, but it's important to get feedback. Because what traditionally happens in the practice mode is, yeah, sounds good, sounds good, sounds good. But when people are practicing with me, I tell you, we're friends now, and at the end of this, we're going to be friends. That's how severe and unrelenting I am. I actually make a disclaimer at the beginning and the end, uh, because otherwise people will go away red-faced, throwing things, and uh, it it can create a very adversarial relationship. I am as thorough as I can uh, with people. That's why I say that. Hey, we're friends. We're friends, okay, in the beginning. And then at the end, I'll smile and handshake or whatever and say, we're friends, right? Yeah, okay, Jack. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, I think that's something you can say up front. Yes. Ultimately, if it's a happy to glad type conversation, it's not going to do you very much good. So you should be looking for someone who is going to give you professional, constructive feedback. Ideally, it's somebody who works in that career field.
1: So my recommendation, folks, is look for someone who's currently working in the field that you are targeting, who's already a practicing professional in that particular industry, or and ask for his or her time. Let them know what you're thinking about. Give them an opportunity to give you constructive feedback. And so I talked to another thing that I think is important, and that's to find a mentor. So once you cross over, you're now working for a given company or agency, try to find a mentor. Try to find someone who's gonna give you their time somebody that you can go to when that when that um, when you come to a fork in the road you can go left you can go right Having a mentor within the organization can be very
0: helpful okay i would agree and that may mean having a mentor in the military as well as it the prospective organization once we're hired to groom us properly i would agree with that yeah
1: exactly so kind of in closing uh for those of you who are veterans thank you very much for your Let me just reinforce that there's there's so much positive uh, vibes regarding hiring military in in today's environment. So take advantage of the opportunity to really find an opportunity that's going to be consistent with what you want to do. Don't let money be the overarching factor. Make sure you're going to enjoy the company, enjoy working there. As I said earlier in my talk, think about best fit. Best fit does not necessarily mean the most money. Do you like the people? Do you like the culture of the company? Is it a relatively easy commute? Do you see yourself working there for a good number of years? Is there an upward mobility opportunity, an opportunity to get training and the like? So, again, many factors should go into that decision-making process. I wish you all the best in your
0: Nicely done, Carl. This uh, interview went a completely different way than I expected. I'm quite proud of the interaction that occurred. And I also want to put a plug out there for everyone. As a result of this conversation, I'm doing a virtual resume uh, event as well. I'll give people five minutes to loud and proud with me on Crowdcast. So I'll send you that link as an email. I just created a dummy event. I say a dummy event, just a like a template event. When I say dummy, I mean template event. If people would like to practice their uh, virtual or video resume uh, practice, it's something good. And I can go ahead and make recommendations based on no short interactions with people. They don't have to be as long or as extensive as this uh, event was. Not at all.
1: Jack, thank you again. Uh, my apologies for the technical uh, challenges we had early on, but I feel like we were able to overcome them. And hopefully we've conveyed some
0: good information to uh, the people on this crowd We've done some really good stuff. Like I said, I started with 36. I had 37 when you joined, and we're up to 38 right now. So this is knowing and growing, as I call it. I'm going to stop it at the 45-minute mark. This has been, without a doubt, my longest interview ever. I'm exceptionally proud to have you as an interviewee, Carl. I've always admired your work, the organization and skill that you demonstrate, and the professionalism above all. So I'm glad that you were able to finally coordinated date and time with me and we're able to get some good content out there for our veterans because now I will share this link with veterans so that they can share and replicate and we can grow our audience substantially and we'll also grow our knowledge about corporategray.com and its services that it provides. Getting the word out is so very important.
1: Absolutely. And Jack, if any of your people on this broadcast, if they have questions, just have them email me, please, at carl at i had put my email address
0: in the chat box i think when we first started yes sir you did and if you have any other events the chat is always live as i discussed even though the live event is over so the chat box is live 24 7 365 and i have many people having uh, dynamic interactions in a chat even though the event's been over for a year that just goes to show you how important the chat is and how valuable the chat function is
1: yep jack you're doing great work um Thank you for your service, and I look
0: forward to talking to you again soon. Invite others. Remember, I've invited you to the event. If you know other stakeholders or friends or businesses, anyone that would like to interview in this type of a format, please share my information with them. It's a two-way street, Carl, and I appreciate your support. Happy to do so, Jack. Thank you. Have I love it. Have a good day, sir. I know. Thank you very much. And this was a very successful event because Carl and I are committed to assisting military veterans, family members, and other people who are associated uh, with the best possible opportunities and outcomes as we can. Ahmed, do you have any questions for me? Because this event will stop promptly at the 45-minute mark. And I do appreciate the interaction of Mr. Carl Sabino of CorporateGrade.com, www.CorporateGrade.com. And I know you're still with us on the call, so I would like you to interact if you can. Any questions? This was an outstanding event. I will pause momentarily for about a half a minute, and we'll let it go. 4330 will be by far my longest event, and it's because of people like Carl Sabino that I enjoy creating this type of content. Thank you very much to everyone.